As today is the Sunday following Thanksgiving, as Jeremy and I talked about what sermon we would want to come forth today, we thought it would be very appropriate to give a message on the topic of Thanksgiving. Sunday after Thanksgiving, give a message on Thanksgiving. So that's what I'm going to do today. Um, Today's message, it's going to be a little different than what we normally have. Normally, uh, if you're new here, we love to do expository preaching, going through books of the Bible, and we preach out of one single text, and the main point of the sermon is the main point of that text. Um, But that's that's not what we're going to be doing today. Instead, we're going to look at a number of different scriptures that help provide a biblical perspective on on this very important topic, this important topic of thanksgiving and, and gratitude to God. With that, um, before we go any further, let's just turn our attention to the Lord and let's ask for his help during this time. Father, thank you that, that after a full week, you have brought us here together on this Lord's Day to hear your word proclaimed. Lord, as your word is proclaimed, Lord, we do welcome your Holy Spirit's dear presence among us. Lord, use this time, we ask. Use this time in a wonderful way to inspire us to grow and to become more grateful followers of you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Over the years as I've continued to just in my own times with the Lord, to study and and read the scriptures, as well as to have opportunities to interact with and have fellowship with older, mature believers in the Lord, it has become increasingly clear to me that one of the defining marks of a mature Christian is thankfulness. One of the defining marks of a mature Christian is thankfulness. It's, it's gratitude to God for who He is, for what He's done, and for how He's poured out lavish blessings on us in Christ Jesus. The great evangelist Billy Graham has said, Thanksgiving, the giving of thanks to God for all His blessings, should be one of the most distinctive marks of the believer in Jesus Christ. If you, just, um, if you just think of believers in your own relational network that, that you really look up to and you really respect, uh, it probably won't be long before gratitude and thankfulness comes to your mind as one of the things that you most respect about that, that person. Some of you know our dear sister Sue Paquin, wonderful sister, member of this church for health reasons. She is unable to be with us any longer um, for our Sunday morning service. When Jeremy and I have sat with her and, and visited with her, Sue Sue loves all of you. She loves this church. She's a member here. She would love nothing more than to than to be here, but she can't because of because of health reasons. So if you think of it, please do uh, please do pray for Sue. Many of you know her story. She actually shared her testimony right here from this, uh, from this podium a few years back, and it was, it was wonderful to hear her, her testimony of God's goodness to her. 
Sue has experienced much suffering in her life. She's experienced much suffering, and she continues to suffer to this day as she battles dementia and other health-related, uh, health-related issues. Yet in spite of it all, and I find this remarkable when I sit and talk with her, in spite of all, it all, Sue is not bitter. She is not resentful. She is not angry. Far from it. You actually can't talk to Sue for a nanosecond without realizing how incredibly grateful she is to God for how good God has been to her. It's really humbling to sit down and talk to her and, and, and hear this woman who's, just, who's been through so much in her life and continues to go through a lot. Just be overwhelmed with, thanks, with thankfulness to the Lord. I texted Sue earlier this month to tell her I was praying for her as she had just returned home from a brief stay at, at the hospital. And she, she texted back to me, Thank you so much, Chris. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your prayers. And she said, I'm truly grateful and humbled by God's grace. Woman just out of the hospital, having a lot going on. I'm truly grateful and humbled by God's grace. You know, I can't even have a text, a quick text interaction with Sue without hearing her just express her overwhelming gratitude to God, even in the midst of her trials, her challenges, her sorrows, and her, and her tears. Um, as I think about Sue, I, I think she is, she's a wonderful example of a mature believer um, and someone that is worthy of all of us seeking to emulate. I think we, we would all acknowledge as we, as we think about this subject of thankfulness, it is not always easy to be thankful, is it? It's not always easy to be thankful. It is not always easy to be thankful, especially, especially in the midst of suffering. When trials come and sorrow overwhelms, we can, we can be very prone to doubt God's goodness. And even at times to grumble and complain, not unlike the people of Israel did when they were wandering in the desert. God had delivered them and done great things, yet when they're out in the desert, what do we see them doing? They're complaining against God, and we we can be like that at times. And even when life is good, even when things are going great, I think you would agree, we aren't always quick to see God as the ultimate source of our blessings and then to give him thanks. And so, brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm really thankful for this time that we have in the midst of this Thanksgiving season, if you will, um, to just pause and consider this, this topic. And I believe that the Lord as we gather around the Word of God today, that He wants to do wonderful work in our hearts. I believe that God, by His Holy Spirit, wants to inspire us. I believe He wants to touch our hearts and to inspire us to grow in gratitude, first to God for who He is and what He's done, but not only to God, to other people uh, in our lives as well. So, there are three aspects of biblical gratitude that I want to highlight 
this morning, and uh, we will look at scriptures that support each of these aspects of gratitude that we're going to look at. So the first is thanksgiving is an act of praise. Thanksgiving is an act of praise. Second, thanksgiving is an act of humble submission to God. And then third and finally, thanksgiving is a response to the gospel. So first, thanksgiving is an act of praise. Thanksgiving is an act of praise. It comes very naturally to most people to think of gratitude as a kind of relational currency, a kind of relational currency that is owed as payment from the receiver to the giver of a gift. And there's something good about that, isn't there? It certainly makes for nice, pleasant interactions. You give me a gift, which anyone's welcome to do at any point, by the way. Just just kidding. But you give me a gift, I say thank you, and all is well. It's a pleasant interaction. But just, just imagine that same, that same scenario, except, except I don't say thank you. So you give me a gift. Some Sunday after church, you come up to me, and you give me a gift. And you hand it to me, and I say absolutely nothing in response. Gift given, and I say nothing. So, are you offended? Some of you might already feel a little bit offended seated in your seats. Unless you are an unusually sanctified and holy person, you'd be offended and likely think something like, what's his problem? I gave him the gift. The least that he could have done was to, was to say thank you. That's just the way that most of us think. And I'll just take this opportunity to say that If you have ever done anything nice for me, given me a gift, or blessed my family in some way, and I have uh, failed to say thank you, I'll just say publicly now, please forgive me, and please receive my thank you right now. We instinctively think of gratitude as currency that is owed from the receiver to the giver of the gift. John Piper talks about how in Filipino culture... Everyone has this mindset known as, and there's a name for it, it's it's called, and I'm going to try and pronounce this, Yutang Nalub. I'm sure I'm not saying that right. Yutang Nalub is a mindset that every Filipino has, which places an enormous debt of gratitude on anyone who has been given something. So that's a culture where, like, if you do something for someone, um, given this mindset of Yutang Nalub, you are going to feel an enormous debt of gratitude towards that person. And it can be very difficult, Piper was saying, for Filipinos because, as he has talked with them, because they never know when they've done enough to actually pay the debt back, the debt of gratitude back. So the lesson is, if you travel to the Philippines, don't forget your obligation to say thank you. And please make sure that you say thank you to me if you do travel to the Philippines and that tip somehow proves useful to you. Piper points out, um, he he talks about the Filipino culture, and and then he goes to point out that that's not really, their culture isn't entirely unique. In most cultures, some expression of thank you can be almost like a minimum payment necessary to 
to keep the relationship in good standing. However, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, we need to understand that in giving thanks to God, we are not paying God back for anything. In giving thanks to the Lord, we are not paying God back because the reality is, and just think about this with me for a second, the reality is, who of us could ever pay God back? Who of us could ever pay God back for sending His Son to die for us on the cross for our sins? Certainly, none of us, even if we had a million years, none of us could pay God back for what he did in love by sending his son to pay the ultimate price that we might be forgiven and that we might be brought into the family of God. Not one of us could ever in a million years, in a billion years, pay God back for all the love that God has lavished upon us in Jesus. This is why in Scripture, this is why in Scripture, thanks to God is never repayment. Thanks to God is never repayment, but it is always praise. I want to say that again. Thanks to God in the scriptures is never repayment, but it is always praise. In Psalm 100, verses 4 to 5, the psalmist declares, Enter his gates with what? Say it out loud. Thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. Oh, the Lord is good, isn't he, brothers and sisters? His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 106.1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 35.18. I will thank you in the great congregation, in the mighty throng, I will praise you. In the Psalms, we see that praise is thanksgiving, and thanksgiving is praise. One source notes that about 20 Psalms command or invite Israel to sing songs of thanksgiving. Similar to those Psalms, the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, 28, Therefore, let us be grateful Let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Here we see again gratitude and worship. You see that in the text? Gratitude and worship, thanksgiving and praise. They are inextricably tied together. They are married together together. So when we thank God, when we gather on Sunday or in our devotions, we thank God for delivering us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's beloved Son. We're we're not only thanking God. This isn't just token perfunctory thanks. But we're worshiping. We're praising. We're exalting his name as we say, as we say thank you to the Lord for what he has done. In that act of thanking God, we are praising him as well. In Isaiah 12, verses 4 and 5, the prophet Isaiah declares, And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, 
Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that His name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord. Oh, sing praises to the Lord, for He has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. These scriptures and others like them help us to see clearly that from God's vantage point, thanksgiving is an act of praise. We might then wonder, um, okay, I get, that, I get that with relationship to God. When we say thanks to God, that's, that's an act of praise. But how about when we speak words of thanks to other people? Is that somehow connected to praising God as well? And the answer is yes. As Christians, when we say thank you to another person, yes, yes, we're being polite. It's a good thing to be polite. So when we're, when we're saying thank you, we're being polite. And yes, we are also engaging in social courtesy. But we need to understand that, that from the vantage point of the Scriptures, as Christians, as believers in Jesus, as Bible people, that's not all we're doing when we say thank you to another person. We're not just engaging in social courtesy. We're not just trying to rebalance the relational scales using thanks as a kind of currency. That's not all that we are doing because biblical thanksgiving, biblical thanksgiving always begins and ends with God. Therefore, when we speak words of thankfulness to one another, when when I speak words of thankfulness to you and you speak words of thankfulness to me, It is right and good and appropriate for those words, those words of horizontal thanks, to be the overflow of passionate, thankful, worshipful praise to God. As I think about this, a thankful heart, a thankful heart is like a river. It's like a a rushing river that never stops flowing. In private prayer, the, the thankful heart comes before the Lord, and that river is flowing. That river is flowing in in prayers of thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for sending your son to Jesus to die for me. Lord, I'd be so lost if you hadn't sent your Holy Spirit to come and regenerate my heart and to cause me to be born again. The heart that's filled with thankfulness comes before God in prayer and says, Lord, thank thank you for the countless blessings that you've given me. If you're married, thank, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for, thank you for the church and the body of believers that you've given me. Thank you for my job. Thank you for the provision that you've given me. Thankful hearts like a river flowing in private prayer. It's, it's a river that flows when you're with the kids throughout the day. If you're at home with them. When we go to church for Sunday worship, that river of thanks doesn't stop. And we're not just looking for the band to, to play, a, or the electric guitarist to play a good lick on the electric guitar to get us going, to get us praising God. Though I'm thankful we have an excellent electric guitarist who does encourage us, amen, to worship the Lord. But when we come into church, the heart that's already thankful it, it's ready to, it comes ready to praise the Lord because it's just so thankful for what the Lord has done. 
And if, you're, if your heart's like that, if your heart's soft and tender and in that place of, of thankfulness, just think, what's going to happen when others touch you? Right? What's going to happen when others relate to you? That rushing river's flowing to God in prayer and in public worship. Well, when others get around you, they're going to get splashed by that river. If you stay close to a rushing river, you know, like imagine a rushing river, powerful river right next to me. If I'm standing here, I'm going to get wet. Well, if our hearts are like that rushing river of thankfulness, well, then that's going to spill over in words of thankfulness, words of thankfulness that just flow towards other people because we see that ultimately behind the blessings we're receiving from other, other people that we're saying thank, thank you for, we're not just thanking that person. We're thankful, thanking God who is behind those blessings. This is what was happening when the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians, he said in 1 Corinthians 1.4, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. Paul's heart was filled with thanksgiving because of the grace he saw in the Corinthians. He understood that all the, ble- all, all the things that he saw, all the evidences of God's grace that he saw in the Corinthians, they came from God and it caused him to overflow in thankfulness to the Lord. You know, what's interesting is that the Corinthians, if you know anything, if you know anything about your New Testament, they were a messed up church. Um, you know, and it could be said, if Paul could be thankful for the Corinthians, <laughs> you know, you can be thankful for that person that drives you crazy. You know, you, that believer, that brother or sister in Christ. Um, Paul saw God's grace in them. And what he saw produced such gratitude in his heart to God that that gratitude could not be contained. His gratitude to God for them overflowed. And even though that letter was a corrective letter, his letters to the Corinthians were corrective. Even before he got to the correction, he soaked them. They were getting wet with his gratitude. Paul said, Corinthians, he looked at them and he said, Corinthians, I see the grace of the Lord Jesus in you and I thank God for you. What a great model. As I think about that, you know, what a wonderful model for all of us here today. So, so, you know, when my wife makes delicious spaghetti and meatballs and hot garlic bread on the side, which she does, and it is amazing. When she does that, when she brings out that spaghetti, you know, that hot spaghetti and meatballs and there's that garlic and she's bringing it to the table and I'm looking at it and my four boys are ravenously looking at it, eager, eager to eat that. Hopefully I don't take my wife for granted, right? And I just give her just thanks for beer. But hopefully I am... I am so, my heart is in such a place where I see my wife and I see the great, wonderful food that she is making. And my heart is filled with thankfulness because my heart is filled with thankfulness and overjoyed with thankfulness. Because even as she's coming to deliver that food to me, 
I am overjoyed. Thank you, Lord, that you have given me this wonderful wife, first of all, who is caring for me and my family in this way. And Lord, thank you for this provision of amazing food. And, I ho- and hopefully, because I am thankful to God for her, that is going to result in something more than a perfunctory thank you. Hopefully that will result in a more joy-filled thankfulness and sincere thankfulness to her. You know, where my heart, if not with my words, I'm saying, honey, I thank you for, for the spaghetti, and I thank you for the meatballs, and more importantly, I thank God for you. I thank God for you. A good application question might be, what are you splashing those closest to you with? Gratitude? You know, what's, what's the river of your heart doing these days? You know, as you come in on this, on this Sunday, what's the river of your heart? What's it flowing with? And then what are you splashing those closest to you with? Is it, is it gratitude? Is it thankfulness? Because you're just thankful to God and th- then you're seeing grace in others and you're thankful to them. Or is it something else? Are you splashing others with your critique or your criticism or your complaining? Too often... Too often we splash those we love. This is sad when I, when I think about how I've sinned in these ways. <laughs> you know, we splash those we love more often than we would like to admit with something other than thankfulness, don't we? What, what comes out isn't always what we would, we would hope to come out. And so where, there, where you're hearing this and you're, you're aware of maybe certain patterns in your own life, um, you know, that's the Holy Spirit. That's what he delights to do when, when we gather. And I would encourage you, just allow, allow the Holy Spirit to receive that conviction from him. If you, I mean, you might not be convicted, but if you are, that you know what, when people are touching me these days, it's, it's not thankfulness that they're feeling. I would just encourage you to, to go to the Lord and just ask him to forgive you for whatever Whatever sins of the tongue you may be committing, you know, getting angry or being critical or whatever it is, just come before the Lord and ask, ask him to, to forgive you. I'm so thankful for the gospel. I'm so thankful for Jesus, aren't you? Because he enables us to not make excuses for our sins, but we can just confront them, honestly own them, and ask God to forgive us, and then ask, ask others. So if you feel like you've sinned in that way, ask others to forgive you. And then receive God's forgiveness. And allow the Lord, by his Holy Spirit, to bathe your soul in the good news of the gospel. And what Jesus has, has done for you. And seek to cultivate thankfulness. Seek to cultivate. Stay close to the gospel. I'm getting a little ahead of myself here in the message. And uh, allow your heart to become like that, that rushing River, You know, the Lord wants that for us. I find it so encouraging because there are all these commands to be thankful throughout the, the Scripture. And we know God never commands anything that he doesn't then give us the Holy Spirit so graciously. So be encouraged. The Lord wants to help us. All right, second point, second aspect of Thanksgiving I want to highlight. Thanksgiving is an act of, Thanksgiving is an act of humble submission. It's an act of humble submission to God. In Colossians 2, verses 6 to 7, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, 
and established in the faith, just as you were taught. And notice what that, that last phrase, abounding in thanksgiving. As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, abounding in thanksgiving. Here, the Apostle Paul helps us to see a crucial connection that I don't think we often see or often think about when it comes to this topic of thanksgiving. He helps us to see that living under the lordship of Jesus Christ and being thankful go hand in hand. So we say Christ is Lord of our lives. We're submitted to him as believers. Submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ and being thankful go hand in hand hand in hand. They go together. To receive the lordship of Christ is to walk in Christ, and to walk in Christ is to abound in thanksgiving. That's the logic of the passage. To receive the lordship of Christ is to walk in Christ, and to walk in Christ is to abound in thanksgiving. So it follows that we submit as believers to the lordship of Jesus Christ, our King, which I know everyone here wants to do. We submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ, our King, in part by abounding in thanksgiving to him for who he is and what he has done. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul says, we know this passage well. Give thanks. Give thanks. What does the next phrase say? Let's say it out loud. In all circumstances. And then notice the next phrase. For this is the will of God. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you me. In Ephesians 5.20, we are told to give thanks. We are told to give thanks always and for everything. Always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In these two verses, God says, not a man, but God says by his Holy Spirit in his word that it is God's will. It is the will of God for us to give thanks in all circumstances, in all circumstances, and for all circumstances. It is God's will for us to give thanks in all circumstances and for all circumstances. I'm thankful to Doug Wilson for that particular insight drawn from those two verses in 1 Thessalonians 5 and Ephesians 5.20. Most of us are aware that we're supposed to give thanks in all circumstances. I don't know that we are always aware, as Ephesians 5.20 says, that we're to give thanks for. It says for everything. That is for all all circumstances. So putting this all together, as believers, we submit, we yield to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, And to the will of God, how? Well, by giving thanks in all circumstances for all circumstances. Admittedly, this is is very hard to do. It is hard to do. It is hard to do in part because in the midst of suffering, we do not always see the good God is working through our suffering. We know the scriptures say God works all things together for the good for those who love him, yet... It is painfully hard to give thanks in all circumstances, for all circumstances, because in the midst of suffering, what we feel most is our pain. In the midst of suffering, 
What we feel most is our pain. And in our pain, in our pain, we have profound difficulty perceiving how God could possibly be at work in a good way through it. And this is where faith comes in. Faith is not always easy to come by because we are weak, aren't we? And our faith is not always as strong as we would hope it to be. But when we most, what we most feel is our pain and we're having difficulty perceiving how God could possibly be at work in and through our circumstances, that's where faith comes in. The voice of thankfulness is the voice of faith. The voice of thankfulness is the voice of faith that says, Lord, Lord, even though I don't see how this can be good, this situation can be good or turn for good, and I simply cannot, I cannot comprehend what is happening to me now. I don't see how this could be good. I don't see how it could turn for good. I can't comprehend what is happening to me. The voice of faith says, I trust you, Lord, that in your sovereignty, you have this all figured out. And so, because I trust that you've got it figured out, I'm going to, I'm going to in faith right now, believe that you are going to work this difficulty. I'm trusting that this is providentially from your hand, and I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you for it. This, of course, doesn't mean that we're somehow happy or elated when bad stuff happens to us. That's not what God calls us to. It just means that through the eyes of faith, through the eyes of faith, we see beyond the bad. Through the eyes of faith, we see beyond the mysterious, beyond the perplexing, to the God who is both sovereign and good. We've heard the story a number of times here of Corey Ten Boom and her sister Betsy thanking God for the fleas. In the Nazi prison camp, and you're you're very familiar with this story, but it so perfectly illustrates what I'm talking about here that it bears repeating. So, I'm just going to briefly read read this story. The barracks where Corey Ten Boom and her sister Betsy were kept in the Nazi concentration camp, Ravensbrück, were terribly overcrowded and flea infested. They had been able to miraculously smuggle a Bible into the camp, and in that Bible they had read that in all things they were to give thanks and that God can use anything for good. So here's the application for them of that passage. Corey's sister Betsy decided that this meant thanking God for the fleas. See? Thanking God for the, for the difficult circumstances. Corey's sister Betsy decided that this meant thanking God for the fleas. This was too much for Corey, who said she could do no such thing. Betsy insisted, so Corey gave in and prayed to God, thanking him even for the fleas. Over the next several months, a wonderful but curious thing, curious thing happened. They found that the guards never entered their barracks. 
This meant that the women were not assaulted. It also meant that they were able to do the unthinkable, which was to hold open Bible studies and prayer meetings in the heart of a Nazi concentration camp. Through this, countless numbers of women came to faith in Christ. Only at the end did they discover why the guards had left them alone and would not enter their barracks. It was because of the fleas. What a remarkable example, isn't it? Of giving thanks in all circumstances for all circumstances. I read a sermon some years ago by MacArthur where he was just talking about John MacArthur, where he's talking about how challenging it is to actually do this. We know it, but how challenging it is to do this. And I really appreciated his, his counsel and his, and his encouragement. And I want to share it with you. MacArthur writes, Perhaps the most difficult time to be thankful is where we're, when we're in the midst of a setback, a challenge, or a trial. When the storm comes, giving thanks is rarely our first reaction. Does anybody agree with that? I don't know I do. And then he says this. Being thankful for adversity is never easy, but it is always right. From experience, I know the difficult times are the ones in which God seems to be most at work in our lives, strengthening our weak spots, comforting our hurts, and drawing us to greater dependence. Businessman John Marriott offered this perspective. Good timber does not grow with ease. The stronger the wind, the stronger the trees. MacArthur concludes, Let's not neglect to thank God for the strong winds he allows to blow in our direction. My dear friends, May God, by his Holy Spirit, so work in your heart and so work in my heart that we do not neglect to thank God for the strong winds that he has sovereignly allowed to blow in our direction. May the Holy Spirit, may God himself help us, like Corey and Betsy Tenboom, to thank God in all circumstances, for all circumstances, realizing that being thankful for adversity, being thankful for adversity is never easy, but it is always right. And that brings me to my third and final point. This is not a long point, so when the band's ready, if you, if you could join me on the stage, that'd be great. Third point, third aspect of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a response to the gospel. Thanksgiving is a response to the gospel. In God's call to be thankful, it's important that we, I know I mentioned this a moment ago, but I'm going to say it again, it's important that we realize he's not calling us to ignore circumstances. In his call to be thankful, he doesn't call us to ignore trials or ignore pain or pretend that something difficult isn't happening to us. That's not what he calls us to. However, he does call us at times At all times. He calls us at all times to remember and to respond to who he is and what he has done for us with thanksgiving. So he doesn't call us to ignore trials or pretend they're not happening. 
But he does call us at all times to remember Jesus. To remember our Savior. To remember what he's done for us. And to respond in all circumstances because of that. With thankful hearts. New Testament scholar David Powell writes, In Pauline theology, the primary focus of Pauline thanksgiving is the redemptive work of God through his son. Uh, In case you didn't get what he's actually saying there, um, he's an academic. He's a New Testament scholar. But there's profound truth in what, what he's saying in that sentence. What he is saying is that whenever the Apostle Paul expresses gratitude in the New Testament or teaches on thankfulness, his primary focus is the gospel. Whenever he teaches on thankfulness, his primary focus is the gospel. His primary focus is Jesus Christ. His primary focus is with what God and Christ has done to save us. So, for example, in Romans 7, after lamenting the difficulty of his battle with remaining sin, I know many of you have read that. Romans 7. Paul's lamenting how hard the battle is with the flesh and with remaining sin. After lamenting that, in Romans 7, verse 24, the Apostle Paul exclaims, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So, prior to that, it's sin is bad, this is hard, this is difficult. Then verse 24, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Then he offers this reply to his own question. Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Here Paul doesn't just lament his battle with remaining sin and leave it there. Rather, he affirms. He confidently affirms that through Christ and because of Christ, And because of what Christ has accomplished for us through his death and resurrection, we can, by God's grace and in God's power, overcome sin. So it's not all gloom and doom, Paul is saying, in our battle with sin. Why is it not? Well, it's not because we are strong in and of ourselves but it is because of Christ Jesus. It is because of the gospel. It is because through the gospel, Christ has set us free from the ruling power of sin. So he says, verse 25, he exclaims with, I believe, rejoicing in his heart, thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ is the one that helps us to overcome sin. And so Paul Paul rejoices with thanksgiving. His thanksgiving, you see there, it's Where is it? It's zoomed in on Jesus. He's thankful. But why? Because of what Christ has done. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 56 to 57, speaking of Christ's victory over death. You remember that. That's the great passage about the resurrection. And then he's talking about um, Christ's victory over death through his resurrection. And in those verses, he he says, very similar to the Romans 7 passage, He says, but thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Why? He gives us the victory. He gives us the victory. Who? Christ. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to say, brothers and sisters, no matter what difficulties you or I may face on on this side of heaven, 
If you're a believer in Jesus, I remind you that, that you can say the same thing as Paul did right there in 1 Corinthians 15. Through the death and resurrection of our Savior Jesus, our final enemy and our worst enemy, death itself has been defeated. And because of that, because of Jesus, because of his resurrection, one day we will see our Savior in our glorified bodies in the new heavens and in the new earth where sorrow and sighing shall flee away and we will be with him. We will be with him in glory forever. Indeed, we can say with the Apostle Paul, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what trials and difficulties and challenges and temptations we face on this side of heaven, we can say with the Apostle Paul, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus. We have victory. And it's not because of ourselves. It's because of our Savior who laid his life down for us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Even when life feels like it's spinning hopelessly out of control, and I know many of you have been in that place. Some of you are in that place today. Even when it feels like life is spinning hopelessly out of control, even, even when, in those moments where we can't, we can't comprehend what in the world is going on, even when our nights are filled with unceasing sorrow, and overflowing tears. Even then, dear brothers and sisters, even then, in those dark moments, we have this as our sure and steady hope that never changes. Christ Jesus, our Lord, who died, who rose again, who is seated now at the right hand of God and one day soon will return and call us home. He and he alone even in the very darkest night of the soul. He is there, and he is our hope. When trials come, we can feel like, how in the world can I be thankful? Have you been there? I know I have at times. When painful trials come, we can feel, how in the world can I be thankful in this? How in the world can I be thankful when I am experiencing such pain and such sorrow? Here's how you can be thankful. We can be thankful by focusing our attention on Jesus. That's how you can be thankful. We can be thankful by focusing our attention on Christ. We can be thankful by contemplating the gospel. We can be thankful by considering what Christ has done for us, by considering what Christ has done for us until our souls are happy in God. Do you know there's joy to be had? There's great joy to be had. Even in the days of sorrow. Isn't it interesting that Paul describes himself as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing? You say, how can that be true, Paul? He was sorrowful because life in a broken world is is hard, but he was rejoicing as well. Why was he rejoicing? Because of the gospel, because of everything we just talked about. Because Jesus, 
laid his very life down for him and secured for him and for us an eternal hope. And that's why, that's why we can rejoice in all circumstances, for all circumstances. Would you stand with me? God, we just thank you that you've been here today. Lord, thank you for reminding us of of this call to be thankful. Lord, more importantly, thank you for reminding us of what you've you've done for us. And Lord, I just pray a blessing upon our, our congregation, every man and woman, boy and girl here. Just put their faith in you. Lord, I just pray that help them to stay stay close to you. Lord, we confess our minds can be distracted by, by many things. Lord, lead us back to the cross. Lead us back to what you've done. And so fill us with the Holy Spirit of God.